0: Steve Mascord needs to stop listening to bad 80s hair metal and play some punk rock for a change.
1: Welcome to episode 5 of White Line Fever. Now if you want to know the helicopters you go to Darren Lockyer. If you want to know about terrorism you go to Melbourne Storm Supporters. And if you want to know about a rugby league program which subsequently becomes a podcast then you go to these fellas. It's uh, Stephen and Brett from
2: Fire Up. Hello guys. Good, good, good. It wasn't a program, was it, Brett? It was two minutes of just uh, a report on the weekend that became a lot more.
0: Yes, it started as a two-minute segment. It's gone to an hour now, and nobody's noticed. (laughs) That's how much (laughs) attention they pay here at FBI. And like everything in rugby
1: league, it started off with gambling, didn't it? It started off with a tipping competition.
0: That's right, that's right. It did start with me writing reports for a uh, tipping competition for the music industry, which tickled Stephen's fancy. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, Mark Gasnier, really... Put the ice on
2: the cake, didn't it? You know, that was the real inspiration. Now, Mark Gazney's retired. Are you going to have to come up with another name for the program?
0: Well, we no, well, we bought the rights to the words Fire Up from Gaz when he was at his lowest ebb. Yes. So we'll continue to use them and continue to prosecute those who use them yes. without yeah. our permission. And unfortunately, it was
2: called Fire Up Limited. Now it's going to have to be called Fire Up Australia. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now, um, this is our grand final edition. Um, so, what were your highlights of the year?
0: Well, I knew we were in for a great year of Rugby League when Anthony Watts picked up Todd Carney's car without his shirt on. I thought that was a fantastic omen for the year ahead, and, and so it proved. It just got better from there. Uh, Todd, I, I think, you know, when Todd Carney sat down at the end of 2010, thought Dally M. winner, grand finalist, made the Australian team, the lesson I need to take from this is to get back on the piss. I thought that, that that's really set the tone for a great year. And really, when you think about it, this, the year started, it was New Year's Eve when Todd Carney set fire to someone's
3: pants. That's so, right. <laughs>
1: that, no,
0: that was last year. Oh, sorry, oh, that was four. Yeah, yeah. and, and as one of my friends said, uh, Todd Carney's going to set the NRL on fire one arse at a time. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, you know, our perspective is completely different. We were in the grand final together, St. George,
2: the Roosters. It could only go down... It down always annoys me, you never say Illawarra. Can you say Illawarra 63 times <laughs> to make up for... The- we are now the St George Illawarra team. You are correct there. And I just wish we would just wear one one jersey. But uh, it can only go downhill for us from there on in. And, of course, ended up with uh, Tinkler being dropped on the roof of the Illawarra Stadium. And uh, that's that. <laughs> that's
1: a good gag. So the gag is that the, <laughs> the grandstand roof has collapsed. And as a farewell gesture, Wayne
2: Bennett has got the yes. owner... Yes. Flew in Tinkler on a great big helicopter and dropped straight off the last
0: dinner, dropped him on the roof. <laughs> as anyone who listens to our show knows, we are... Uh, Fattest, and so we are looking forward to the continued involvement of Tinkler and Crow in rugby league. Wasn't fat enough, hasn't he? He loses weight every second year.
2: Yeah, we need a big man.
1: Any other highlights for the year? Did you find the the Melbourne fans booing David Galt to be a highlight of the year?
0: Well, I thought that that was, uh, uh, you know, they need to take responsibility uh, for the for the uh, rats. In the ranks. Yes. I don't believe David Gallup, uh, you know, bought Greg Inglis a boat last and, time I looked. And people talk about some of the currency of rugby league, the passion, but really delusion is one of the great
2: yeah. great qualities, the great currency of rugby league. There's so many deluded people. And, of course, since that happened, the US
1: State Department has actually compared terrorists to Melbourne Storm fans. So yeah, yeah. I think David was, uh, David
0: was right on the money there. I've got to say, Stephen, I, I know you'll agree with me. One of the other highlights of the year was seeing Greg Inglis aimlessly wandering around talking to seagulls for most of the year in a South Sydney jumper. And and I'm predicting that South uh, in March will be absolutely dead certain to win a premiership yet again. I think (laughs) they're the greatest March premiers in the history of rugby league. And that
2: prestige vehicle will be drawn out again, showing a bit of sunlight, a little bit of rain, back it goes and that'll be it for South Sydney.
1: Now the real reason I'm here is because uh, we play music on this program so on one hand we've got a DJ who can actually introduce the song, on the other hand we've got a solicitor who can give us permission to use it. Um, so, So <laughs> we'll start with I don't know who we do. For, okay, um, you can, you can,
2: uh, Stephen Ferris, yes. you can inter- pick a song, yes. and then Brett Oaten, you can give us permission to use it. Look, look, this song has been on the playlist, the A list of FBI since uh, since day one, two thousand three. Junior Brown, he's exactly what exemplifies FBI Radio, uh, all fired up. And of course, uh, you know Brett, do, do we have permission to play this?
0: Uh, on the basis that we are the sole reason that Junior Brown has earned any money in Australia. <laughs> Uh, For the last seven years Uh, I believe that gives us the right to grant permission Because his $7.50 APRA checks uh, Are totally due to our efforts Emotional effort Thanks for coming on the program, guys. Thank
4: you, sir It ain't no good getting low down When you're looking to get thrown in a can Like driving 90 mile an hour Getting speeding tickets from the man But I'm just mad about this girl but she's gone and I'm mad at the world I just laid a patch of rubber down the road About a quarter mile long Because I'm all fired up I'm all fired up and lonesome I got a chip on my shoulder And I'm acting just a little too tough yeah, I've been revving up the motor And tonight I'm gonna strut my stuff yeah, I've been roaring like a lion tired of all this crying And I'm tired of being kicked around like a little hookup Because I'm all fired up I'm all fired up and lonesome I'm fired up and lonesome and I'm on a spree That woman ain't not gonna get the best of me If you're gonna hang around then i am going to warn you No telling what a lonesome fool Getting all dressed up, but I got no place to go. But I know a thing or two about riding down a long lonesome road. Well, I'm just doing the best I can, and I'm trying to take my legging like a man. But I'm tired of always feeling like I'm gonna be her sitting duck. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and lonesome. Rob Cajano of Anthrax, and you're listening to White Line Fever.
1: Welcome back to White Line Fever. That's the first and last time we're going to be on the program. That was uh, requested by the Fire Up guys. Friday night at the Sydney Football Stadium, first preliminary final, and it was 26-14 Manly over Brisbane. I'm here with Steve Ricketts from the Courier-Mail. And, uh, Steve, what do you think of the game? I suppose the big thing we're going to be talking about all week, a couple of Manly players on report, um, and by the time some people hear this, they might know the outcome, but uh, Tony Williams... And also uh, Steve Maddye, that, uh, that, that was I suppose uh, the one negative for, for Manly tonight.
0: I believe they both should be charged, I, I think it's a
1: certainty they will be, and I think it's just a certain that Manly will fight both charges of course, and there will be a siege mentality at, uh, at Brookvale as usual. What do you think of the game? That It's been a game showing by the, uh, by the Broncos
3: this year hasn't it? Hi, oh, I thought the Broncos are sensational, especially their media manager. <laughs> and that was their media manager. But yeah, the Broncos have
1: uh, probably overachieved, they Probably will say that in the off-season. They haven't up until now because they gave themselves a, a fair income chance of winning the title. But they've got a great crop of young kids. I, I think the big question mark for next year who is who will wear the number six jumper. Corey Norman significantly travelled with Brisbane to this game to soak up the experience, and I still think he's probably the favourite. Thanks, Steve. We'll uh, leave it there. Um, Now, in in about two weeks' time, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Sammy Hagar's Birthday Bash. And a band I saw last time I went was a band called Silvertide. And here's a song by them. It's called um, Fox... What's it called? Foxhole Jesus Christ is an anti-war song. Thanks, Steve. All right, thanks, Steve. (laughs)
5: If in this war would have already gone you down. Sit down, and get down, and sit down. We got one unit lost, then the other two proud. down, and sit down, and get down, and sit down. We got one unit lost, and the other two proud. you all fucked, so Jesus Christ. Anyone can be a hero if they don't think twice. You're fucked, so oh Jesus Christ. Don't be a modern man. They don't think twice your box on Jesus Christ Your box on Jesus Christ I hope your funeral smells nice I hope your funeral smells nice Brothers, or sisters The water's coming so you better the fast brothers Oh sisters And people's in this war would have already down and sit down and get down and sit down We got one unit lost and the other's too proud Down and sit down and get down and sit down, down We got one unit lost and the other's too proud oh, You're box-old oh Jesus Christ Anyone can be a hero if they don't think twice You're box-old oh Jesus Christ Don't be a mother, man Your box-old oh Jesus Christ Anyone can be a hero if they don't think twice. Your box of Jesus Christ. Your box of Jesus Christ.
6: I hope your funeral smells nice.
1: Now, our next guest was quite offended a couple of weeks ago when we slagged off the AFL because he happens to follow the game. It's uh, Tommy Poise from the Casanovas. How are you, Tommy?
7: I'm great, thank you, Steve. <laughs> Thanks for coming on the program. Now, who do you, who do you follow? Uh, well, I follow the Saints, but um, with a with a sort of probably waning degree of loyalty lately, just because of the fact that um, just looking at the whole way it works and the whole thing, just being a big business and... Um, I'm a little bit disillusioned, probably because of the fact that we've lost, like, three grand finals and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's just that whole kind of business thing and the whole league going the way of, like, the Premier League kind of thing in terms of people just chopping and changing clubs, spending on money and stuff. It just means that i kind of not as into it as I used to be, but, yeah. Is that... still so love watching the game,
1: yeah. Is that all professional sports you're disillusioned with or just the AFL?
7: Oh, no, more so the AFL, I think, because I think just because... I personally can't really see the players having and and or and or coaches and stuff having any real loyalty to the club itself. I mean, they have loyalty to them to each other, I think. You know, they as in teammates and so on. But um, I mean, there's the way Ross Lyon kind of upped and outed to to Freo and stuff, and um, it just makes you kind of think, well, what's the point in in being loyal to a club if they're not actually loyal to the club? You know, mm-hmm. it's sort of just this kind of. It's like an illusion, you know. Are the storm a chance of recruiting you then? The storm? Oh man, I'd have to, every time I turn it on I kind of, I kind of flick it off, you know. I just, it's not because it's, I I find anything offensive about it, I just don't really get it, you know, so it's just that kind of um, thing I guess I'm just into AFL because I grew up with that you know yeah okay let's move
1: on to music the big question is there's a lot of questions but where have you been for the last couple of years
7: Uh, well we've we've been um, I don't know what have we been doing I've just Damo's you know Damo and Jaws work full time now and stuff and um, I've had a bit of a health issue I've had a bit of chronic fatigue over the last couple of years so that's kind of held me back a bit and um, fortunately I'm sort of getting better from that which is really good so I'm just concentrating on writing this record and you know, once we get that done, we'll probably tour again and go back overseas and stuff.
1: They don't really know the cause of chronic fatigue syndrome, do they? Or, or is there a cause?
7: Um, well, for me, there was definitely a... There was a definite thing, like... There's a genetic hemochromatosis thing, which is an iron overload, which I got really hit with pretty hard. My, my iron was just way too high. And so lost all this weight and kind of was just feeling like death. And eventually, after giving a whole lot of blood... Um, I felt a lot better, so I'm definitely on the upside of it, you know, coming out of it and so.
1: And things are going pretty well for you before that, weren't they? You got some good supports and, and getting yeah, yeah, plenty of airplay and publicity.
7: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes and no. Um, we we had... Um, to, to get good Triple J airplay in, in the country is like a real kind of crucial thing to a tour. Um, and so... I think... Um, Going back, it's quite a while now. They sort of stopped really playing this stuff a lot, so it kind of makes it really, really hard to tour anything other than just the main cities, you know? Mm-hmm. And even then, you, you're sort of struggling, like, without any really decent kind of radio support. So, I mean, we just put a single out pretty recently, and um, I'm not sure if that got played much or whatever, but um, then again, pe- singles are kind of not really the kind of thing that people pay much attention to these days. You've got to really put out a long player, so... Hopefully with the record coming out, we'll, we'll get some more radio, and which will enable us to kind of tour more extensively.
1: We'll get you to introduce a song off one of the first two records shortly. But the first record, you were kind of doing the airborne thing before there was airborne, weren't you? Like, really, like that sort of straight-ahead rock thing. And it got, I flicked on cable TV in America. You know, they've got the radio stations yeah. at the end of the channels. And, you know, they were playing playing one of the songs off the first record. second one seemed correct me if I'm wrong, seen a bit more cheap trick influence, do you know what I mean? You know, what, what, what do you think that, was there a deliberate decision to change direction slightly? Not
7: really. I just think that like um, when you're starting a band and you got, I guess we'll, that was like, when we started it was 1999 and um, obviously, um, you know, I loved bands like AC/DC and Kiss and so on and um, and when you first do your first kind of stuff, it's like you kind of to exorcise that demon. you just sort of, you do kind of, to, to create your own style, you sort of, you do copy a little bit to start with, I reckon. And that's just a natural thing. And so, so yeah, we definitely had some, you know, pretty ACDC-esque kind of moments in the beginning. And, um, but, yeah, it was kind of a matter of doing that and like, yeah, cool, that's cool. But we're never really going to match ACDC with our own game. So you move on and try and do more of your own thing, you know. So, and that's sort of the way I reckon it, it it's just kind of a natural progression, you know. We'll,
1: um, we'll come back um, after this song, but do you want to introduce an older song and then we'll sure. try and get you to give us a newer song after that, but uh, uh, introduce one. Yeah,
7: second. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess we'll yeah. um, hit you up with Shake It. It's always been a perennial favourite, I think, off the old record.
1: Hey, we're back thanks for that that was Shake It by the Casanovas and I've got Tommy Boyce from Casanovas here um, Tommy um, now newer stuff what have you you've been working on and you got, I've got to ask you about this song The Most Hated Man in Melbourne yeah. <laughs> um, you're going to get asked about it a lot I'm sure um, what's the story behind it what can you tell
7: us uh, well well it's you know there's only a certain amount I can kind of reveal because I certainly can't reveal who it's about I don't want to be you know in trouble legally or anything but someone that you know used to work for us and um, who we sort of had a falling out with and money you know disagreements over and stuff like that so that was um that was a really difficult time and in actual fact when you asked me what what we've been doing lately I can attribute the inactivity of the band and the sort of real hiatus in what we did a lot to that whole experience so kind of went from just making music and and stuff to being going to like you know you know, worrying about money and, and all the damage and stuff and going to VCAT and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was a pain in the ass. But, um, you know, now we can sort of fortunately kind of look back on it and um, have a bit of a laugh and not sort of, you know, worry about it because it's all history now. So, yeah.
1: When you're writing a song out of kind of anger, does it come out more quickly is it different than writing a song motivated by something else like was it was it written in five minutes or Um,
7: in in actual fact yeah that song definitely was written really really quickly Uh, um i think we were just sitting around and we kind of brought it up as a as a potential you know song subject matter and and then um pretty much within um five minutes i pretty much had the song kind of down you know so yeah and um Sometimes the best the best moments come that way, like because there's not too much deliberation, and that's just a pretty simple kind of song, and but it's really direct, you know.
1: And then after it's written, do you have to go and get legal advice as to whether you can record it or release it?
7: Oh no, I was pretty sure that what we hadn't. If you're not naming anybody, you know, then then it's you're pretty safe, and and then um, you know our record label boss is also one of the top mate uh, record uh, music lawyers in in town and in the country, so. Um, uh, he was pretty you know able to advise us on that, and also if anything was to happen the the uh would be directed at him as being the record company boss, you know putting the record out rather than us so if he wasn't comfortable with it we'd have a problem, but he was fine, so it's okay yeah and um any reaction from the subject yet uh I have, funny I have actually had a few um second hand reports of of um you know sort of being upset and all this sort of stuff but um you know i'm not sort of i'm I'm honestly kind of just parcel that now i don't really care and like it's to me that's just well you know big deal it's all i really care about is the song now you know okay before
1: we play the aforementioned song can you tell us a bit about how the writing's going for the new record who's going to release it when it's going to be out that's what the uh, subject matter of the other songs are what this maybe a bit about. What it sounds like, if you could describe what it might sound like.
7: Um, well, yeah, it's it's going to be pretty varied, I think. And and um, like I, I kind of I've been writing quite a lot of my own for this one, and um, I just demo like I've got this little application on my iPhone, which has just got a little multi-track thing, and I've always had Pro Tools and stuff on the computer and stuff, but I've, I find that this this method's been really really good because it's just so low hassle. So I'll just like play a riff into the iPhone and then play some drums into it and then, you know, record some vocals and a bit of bass or something and you've got a song idea and, you know, without having to just fuck around too much, you know, so that's been really good. Song material-wise, a lot of it's sort of personal stuff and style-wise, like it's probably more, like it's still going to be a really straight-ahead rock and roll record but, but it's more melodic and I definitely don't mean it in an emo kind of way, but more more in a kind of, I guess if I was to draw any kind of comparison, like cheap, tricky kind of um, dictators sort of melodic kind of sense, you know, like, so there's a bit more of that kind of punky kind of thing in there that, um, I don't know, I've, I've, I've always really, really loved hard rock, obviously, and but I also really love great um, pop music as in kind of power pop. Like, I love bands like, um, not that this is an influence at all, but but the other end of my taste is like, you know, teenage fan club and big star and you know those kind of bands. So, um, if I was just somehow able to fuse my love of that stuff with with my rock and roll kind of thing, is and then that's that's a great thing, you know, because you're kind of more creating your own own kind of thing.
1: Thanks for being with us, Tommy. And here it is, uh, the most hated man in Melbourne.
7: Cool. Absolute pleasure. Steve. thank you. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to White Line Fever. Chris Eyington and Jack Reid were chosen by England this week. A bit controversial. Gary Schofield wasn't very happy about it. There's only, to my knowledge, one other Australian who's represented Great Britain or England, and he's here with me, Tolson Tollett. How are you, Tolson? Fantastic, Steve. Gary Schofield doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) Really? OK, there we go. Um, Now, people will be curious about what sort of reception these two fellows are going to get from their teammates, having broad Australian accents. Uh, What can they
8: expect? I don't think they're going to cop too much. I think actually it will work quite well because I think the talent that they've got, that they bring to the team is going to sort of stand them in good stead. And the supporters might be a bit annoyed about it but at the end of the day if they get a team that wins it doesn't really matter and I think Jack Reeve was uh, was was two when he came over here. His father's obviously from Calciford so he's a, a proud Yorkshire man so obviously he would want to see his son play for England. Chris Hyington, in my opinion, should have played State of Origin at some, st- some stage in the past few years when he was at the West Tigers but it hasn't been and he's taken an opportunity to, to play for England, and at the end of it, sport is about making money, isn't it? And uh, he's going to make money from from playing for England, whether he's from Australia or whether he's from England.
1: Telson, here in uh, Sydney, there's lots of ex-players working in the media, but you're a bit of a curiosity because most people don't even know you're an ex-player. <laughs>
8: Yes, I'm actually caught in rhyming slang for Wallace, aren't I, Steve? Yeah, Tolson, Tollit, right. yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've been back um, in the country now for uh, 14 months. Uh, July 2010, we moved back from, from Ireland with uh, the wife and family. And um, yeah, things are going well, working at the ABC and News 24 and News Radio and enjoying my time and not doing a great deal on rugby league, but uh, plenty on other sports. Now, do you still go out and hear people say, I've lost my Tolson? Funny story actually, I've actually been out with a friend of mine and, um, and his mate actually said, I've lost my Tolson and he actually said, you know who this guy is? Um, so yeah, I've had a, a couple of interesting interesting times and, and, and being over in England it seemed to, to do the rounds over there but um, I can't say it's happened to me a great deal of late but uh, something I'm trying to stay away from Steve.
1: <laughs> now your former club, uh, well they were London Broncos when you were there and they're going to change their name to something next year, you got any idea what it is?
8: I've absolutely no idea. I think they'll probably just take the safe option and move back to London Broncos. I- I- I'm tipping that will be the case. But, um, yeah, I- I'm not too sure if it's a-, a good move. I think the Harlequins brand is actually something which, um, if they'd have stuck with it over the period of time, it- it's gonna, you know would be better for them because people obviously know about Harlequins Rugby Union, which is the most famous rugby union brand in the world. So I, I think the, um, the similarities there with the rugby league so would have really worked in their favour, but for uh, reasons unbeknownst to you and me, they decided to change their home. And when you're at London Broncos, and that's when
1: you did play for Great Britain on that 1996 tour, we'll go in a second, but what are your recollections of that 1996 tour? Because some players were sent home early, weren't they, to save money?
8: Yeah, it was uh, funny, and I was actually one of those players (laughs) Um, coming back. You came back to us. I did. Just get back to my recollections of the tour. The um, the funniest thing would have been seeing um, James Lowe's, who was uh, who was the um, sort of the second or third place hooker on the tour, and end up actually going on to, to represent Great Britain on a number of occasions after that. But. He didn't quite enjoy himself on that tour, I have to say. He enjoyed going out a fair bit, but, but besides that, he didn't enjoy himself. And the, the, the biggest thing I probably remember is, is Papua New Guinea. The heat was horrific. Um, it, was, you know, it was very humid, very, um, very hot, we, and we had a, a bad stopover on our, way to, um, on our way to Fiji there at one point as well, so we had a, a couple of interesting things that happened to us. But, yeah, I got sent back um, just, after, or just before the second test match and then got called back over there for the third test match after I'd been back uh, here in Sydney. For a couple of weeks and, and going out and catching up with friends and having a couple of lemonades so it was an interesting time.
1: <laughs> now we like having people from Penrith on the program because they're not into Ashton Jazz, they don't request Justin Bieber. Um, we had uh, Peter Wallace on a couple of weeks ago um, so you get to play a song and um, I know you haven't thought about this so I'll catch you unawares here but uh, what do you want to play?
8: Living away from home and um, you know I was into sort of I'd listen to you know, Cold Chisel you'd have your ACDCs and people would go what on earth is this man talking to especially with Cold Chisel because-
1: We've got Simon Manning here, the captain of the Warriors, and um, judging on the fact that I saw you at a She-Had show, um, you're not going to be disappointed to Miss Kelly Clarkson in the pre-match entertainment on Sunday?
3: Is, uh, is she playing, as she? Yeah, is she... It will be nice to see she out there, actually. Um, <laughs> no, it's Kelly Clarkson. Oh, is that already booked, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. They, they got offered Alice Cooper and they turned him down. Oh, did they? Oh. Yeah, obviously uh, some different people in, uh, in the position to um, <laughs> make the choice there, but Yeah. Hopefully we get a win. And, uh, yeah, mate, I don't think you be, you'll be, won't be too worried about the uh, pre-match entertainment, will you? No, nah, I probably won't even see it, to be honest. What are you expecting from the week, mate? Uh, I'm not too sure. First time, first time I so. Um, yeah, I think it'll be pretty special and definitely save the moment. And um, no, it'll make it that much more sweeter if we can uh, go all the way on Sunday. How much attention do you think every TV set in the country will be on, on the grand final, won't it, next Sunday? Back home in New Zealand, yeah. I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure we'll get a lot of support and... Um, you know, obviously there's a big occasion on back home, but, um, you know, the get behind any New Zealand side, and I'm sure uh, we we'll have a lot of supporters back home. This is uh, the best... The difference between this program and others is
1: you get to play a song. you want to pick a song, any song?
3: Any song. I'll go uh, Shoot the Thrill by ACDC.
1: <laughs> the band in the world
3: most likely to sue me. Okay.